0: He's like a a big bro. He even gave me a podcast, so I better do something with it. Let's get motivated. It's Rance Rob, a.k.a. Uncle Big Bro. Let's go. All right, man, there's a lot of people out here walking around with all these gifts. You got talents, and you're just sitting on them. Trust me, I know what it's like because I've been one of those people. You're sitting on them because something has happened in your life or over a period of time in your life that made you feel like you were unworthy. All right, and now you got this feedback loop that plays over and over in your head. It's like a streaming song that just keeps playing and it keeps playing, and there's no way for you to turn it off. I can remember the very moment that happened to me. Peep this, I was eight years old. My family, we had recently located from Memphis, Tennessee to Lansing, Michigan. Now, if you've ever heard of the NBA legend, Irvin Magic Johnson, you probably heard of Lance in Michigan. Now, back in Memphis, my family, we didn't have a lot of relatives there. So it was just my dad's brother and then, of course, my uncle's family. So his wife and his two kids. That's all we had in the M. Now, I got a pretty good memory and I really don't recall being over at my uncle's house or them coming over to our house for, you know, holidays and Thanksgiving Christmas, Easter, and you know all the the reasons why people get together. Fourth of July, all that. I don't recall us really having a lot of those moments together. Now, of course, my uncle and my my dad they got along fine. There was no issues. It was just it's just how it was, right? Now, on the other hand, all of my mother's family lived in Lansing. So all of our aunts, the uncles, the grandparents. Of course, I didn't have grandparents on my father's side anymore because they had died long before my brother and I were born. So. I had all of that on one side of the family. I didn't have any of that on the other side. So whenever we visited family, man, my brother and I, we never, ever wanted to leave. And of course, for us, leaving meant driving a lot of hours. It meant going all the way back home to Memphis or if family was coming to visit us, that meant that they were going to leave and it was going to be a long, 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 long time before you see them again. So what happens in that time is what I call the missing you magic. Of course, that missing you magic happens because absence makes the heart go fonder. So back to the story. All right, so my brother and I were wishing on a star that we could be around our family more, our grandparents more, all the things that a kid would want. Well, we got our wish. So sometime in late 87, our parents told us that there's a possibility of us leaving Memphis for Lansing, so it could potentially be a reality. Then in 88, it was becoming more than a conversation. Then in 89, it basically became a reality. When we got to Michigan, we were waiting for the house that we were planning to move into to get ready. What that meant was that we had to stay at my grandparents' house for about a month or so after we landed in town. So in that time, of course, one of my mother's siblings was still living with her parents. She just graduated high school, I believe. It's a small house, it wasn't big, it wasn't huge uh, If I think correctly, there was maybe uh, three bedrooms And I think uh, one of my uncles had one of the rooms And of course my aunt had the other So she was already put out, sleeping on the couch And nobody wants to be put out of their room, right? How awkward But in that time, you know, I remember my mom asking her youngest sister And she was, like I said, 18 at the time If my brother and I could hang out with her Because my parents had some business That they needed to go and take care of And I believe it was going to be a situation Where they were going to be needing to be gone Late into the night So my aunt she had plans To go out with her friends And my mom said well you could just take them with you Because it was pretty much like a carnival It was not something serious And she was like they're well behaved boys We'll give you some money And yeah you just take them with you And have some fun Now in some deep Angry place I mean, a very low vibrational place, I and mean, we all had these moments, right? My aunt—I can still hear her to this day—screamed out, "I don't want to take I those ugly little nappy, nappy head, head boys, boys nowhere, 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 nowhere!" I felt my soul leave my body. Now, look—I was eight years old at the time, and I didn't know that somebody who's supposed to love me, who we shared a bloodline with. I, I didn't know, I didn't realize that they could say something so hurtful, so dreadful, man, it's so, with so much hatred in their hearts. Now, y'all got to understand, and I'm going to bring some context to this. My aunt, she's light-skinned with long, flowing, natural hair. She was super talented. She could play multiple instruments. And as a kid, man, I thought she was the coolest thing walking. But little did I know that ugly little nappy head boys would stay with me for years and years and years. So I became insecure, man. When I met new kids or I met new people, I couldn't help but wonder if they think I'm an ugly little nappy head boy. That's that feedback loop that keeps playing and playing and playing. Now back in Memphis, I didn't catch strays for being dark skinned because A lot of folks down there was dark-skinned. And I was told I was handsome in the South. But in the North, man, one thing I found out at a young age is that the people were a little colder, a little bit meaner, like the weather in the wintertime. Now, what does that have to do with fear? All right, I'm going to break that down to you. Because sometimes what happens in life is that people will saddle you with insecurities, and then they move on with their lives while you're carrying the weight. Now, if you're young and you're listening to this, I know it's tough to feel like you're not blank enough, all right? And I want you to fill in that blank, whatever that blank is. You're not handsome enough, you're not stylish enough, you're not fly enough, you ain't got enough of the dopest clothes, you don't have blah, 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 whatever you think that thing is, man. Because oftentimes, the people who weigh us down with insecurities got a bunch of them themselves. Fear, it becomes like this SUV that we load all of our insecurities into and then we drive it. These negative feedback loops man they will tell us that we are less than and the truth of the matter is a lot of people don't even see us that way they think we they think we are that and then some or at least they want to give us the opportunity to prove them right and how they feel but because of the insecurities that we're harboring on the inside we don't even give ourselves a chance for real man my insecurities have caused me to be the jealous friend at times. It's causes me to self-sabotage. What what does self-sabotage look like? Nah, man, I ain't gonna even try this because, you know, people already don't like me or they don't like how I look or they don't like what I, you know, the color of my skin. They don't like. It's caused me to be cautious and unsure. I worried about a lot of things, and a lot of those things that I worried about, it limited my success. But here's the thing, man. God already knew that we carry these saddlebags. But the truth of the matter is, man, if you, I don't know if you believe in macaroni and cheese, you believe in in Buddha, you believe in Allah, I don't know, whatever you believe in, you gotta know that God has a place for you to lay down those insecurities so you can keep moving. Now the key here is that you've gotta, you gotta, you gotta resist what fear does, which is make you plant your feet and choose not to move, and then you hide your face. All right, you ever been to a party, man? And you see all the people who refuse to get on the dance floor. They just sit there and they observe everybody else having a the ball. They doing the Cupid Shuffle. They doing that Tamia dance. They they twerking. They do whatever they doing. The running man, it don't matter. Whatever area you are from, you've probably been to a party. You've been to a wedding. You've been to some sort of event where folks is on the floor and having a good time. Some of those people can really move, and then there's some people who can barely dance at all. All they got is a mean two step. But guess what, man, they are in the mix and they're having a great time and they're being where the the action is. Too many people refuse to get out on the dance floor, especially in real life, especially when you got a dream. There's too many people that have been saddled down with regret because all they want to do is not look bad. They want to not look bad. And so instead of going on a journey and doing something dope with life I Decided to sit back Because Not looking bad Is the most important thing Trust me, I've been there I've been there before And one of the dopest things That happened in my life, man It was It was a conversation That my dad had with me Because he saw me struggling I remember being uh, About a 16 year old boy Teenager And I was really struggling With the way I was being perceived, you know, for my, my, my skin tone, being told by girls, you're too dark and being all of these things that that were very uh, bag testy. And so if you're not familiar with black culture and you happen to listen to to this skin tone, skin color has always been uh, a sore spot for some. And it's been a way to divide folks in other ways, man. So you if you light skinned or fair skinned, you know, you might be considered better looking more handsome and so you know pops had to pull me aside man he had to tell me he said I see everything you're doing I see what you you you're really struggling with this and he broke down to me the fact that it's not really how you look that keeps you from getting the girl you want or the guy you want or any of that he said I'll tell you what you can take the finest girl at your high school once she gets on that college campus it's going to be dudes that's going to say some stuff to her that's going to make her panties fall off and it ain't going to have nothing to do with how he looks it's about the fact that he knows what to say and how to say it but he also told me that that translates to something a little different in life in the sense that it's about your confidence about it's about the way you approach who you are the principles that you set for yourself and you know what man it literally was a life changing situation. Now, my pops went on, he passed away probably about a month after we had that conversation. And while it was the most devastating time in my life, what also happened was it became one of the most confident times in my life because I applied what he said and I carried those applications uh, through my early 20s, man. Got married to a beautiful woman, some kids, all of that, but then those negative feedback loops want to return when you want to try and make an attempt to do something great with your life so all you can do is combat them and you can fight and the only way to really fight guys if you're listening to this if you're young if you're in your early 20s I want you to know the only way to really to really fight the negative thoughts in your head is to take action it's to walk forward it's to do the thing that you're afraid of listen to your uncle big bro i promise you i promise you that if you do if you just walk forward and you make make it make an attempt you might do something that's incredible you might do something that changes a life because somebody out there is waiting on you just to move just to get out on the dance floor just to hit that mean two-step because while everybody else is doing their best moves your mean two-step is inspiring somebody else to also get out there with no rhythm and at least try to have fun and to make a difference somebody's watching you and i know this because people are watching me too so don't be afraid to get out there man show the world your mean two-step god gave you the talent to do whatever you want to do if you feel like it's something you want to do get out there and try get out there and make moves Because as you make moves, there'll be other people who want to help you along the way on your journey, man. You're not out here by yourself. And if nothing else, you got me. So with that being said, keep conquering, keep going for it. And if you're afraid to go for it, step. If you can see the first step, that's all you need to see. Then take that step. And then wait for the next step to reveal itself. So you can continue to move into your greatness. Join me next week as I drop more gems on y'all. This is the Uncle Big Bro Show. I'm out.